Were you the one who got away? Have you slipped through our fingers, like a dropped hand off, once so certain, so cruelly left behind, for a lucky bear to recover? In your place a great man, of this I am certain. But you could have offered what he simply cannot. Elite ability to distribute passes to our excellent young receiving corps behind a much improved offensive line, but instead Vic Fangio opted to improve in a position of strength, like we are some sort of returning Super Bowl champions with a complete roster and an all-star QB. He then doubles down by, uh, by setting a running back with his second round pick, which screams to me to be a move to let Gordon go next year and maybe establishing a ground-and-pound team of the 1990s. No disrespect to Javante, by the way. I fear for our season of discontent. That was uh, Fields of Gold, A Lament, by the people's football poet, Jobby Burns. And now, <laughs> the Fourth and Forever podcast. <laughs> Kia ora, fit like, and welcome into the Fourth and Forever podcast, the 2021 draft recap special, where we'll be looking back at some of the best and indeed worst selections of the weekend. My name is Stuart Bothwell, and I am joined, as ever, by Darren Butter. First of all, Darren, uh, what do you make of the work of the people's football poet, uh, Jobby Burns, there? Oh, it's very Broncos focused. Well, you know, it was, it's, he obviously uh, just had this. Um, he, he could feel the pain felt by so many Broncos fans out there, and uh, he just couldn't help but um, but write and send this into us. Yeah. Robbie Butters over here feel is definitely feeling like he has not done enough work for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, great. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, well, then, anyway, uh, it's all been said and done. Uh, so what do you say we effectively, for this t- for this pod in particular, we just run through the selections for the first round for now. Uh, just pay close attention to some of the more intriguing picks. Ahem, damn it, Denver. <clears throat> and uh, then we can uh, just pick out a few other key picks and see who we think did best and worst overall in the day. I don't know. Maybe we can uh, have more of a deep dive later on and review the full drafts slash off-seasons of each team slash divisions in another podcast. Sounds good. All right. But first, Aaron Rodgers happened uh, on the day. Uh, I don't want to get stuck into this for too long and going by your reaction <laughs> because um, obviously we've waited a little while to get this out now. So that's uh, maybe a little bit uh, of, a, of a delay. I mean, everyone has had this just saturated in their lives just now. So uh, I wake up every morning and instantly go to check for updates because I'm totally obsessed with the concept that Aaron Rodgers might one day make it to Denver. Um, but Aaron Rodgers himself has had a cataclysmic split from the management at the Green Bay Packers to the point where he has said to some close friends, allegedly that he will no longer return to the cheese city under any circumstances. Now, there are differing accounts on other demands. Uh, so whether he uh, may have said that he would not go back unless Brian Gutekunst resigned or was sacked. Um, there's also saying things like, oh, well, he's still being offered various other uh, assurances and stuff. But um, yeah, uh, Aaron Rodgers not a happy man right now, Darren. No, and... 
I think he's allowed to be unhappy. I think the drafting of Jordan Love instead of one of the 19 wide receivers that were available mm-hmm. in that draft it's, was it definitely a slap goes back in the to face. Yeah. And the Packers, to be honest, got incredibly lucky that Robert Tonyan, who was like a seventh-round pick or something, ended up being useful. Because mm. other than Devontae Adams and Tonyan, they didn't really have very much to work with. But 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 he still made sure that he brought them up. He was the, the rising yeah. tide. Well, that's that what I mean. Like, at, least he had, at least the pick of Tonyan provided production. Mm. They didn't really get it anywhere else. And if that had been about, if they didn't have Tonyan, then. He had to force it. And like sometimes yeah. you'd have like MVS who'd show up for a game, but then he would also, you know, drop a pass here and there or something. It's just like if you gave someone like Aaron Rodgers that depth, like, no, no one is really arguing that that would really help. Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers fulfill their potential. Now, of course, in in this draft, uh, well, spoiler to moving ahead, but they, they picked up Eric Stokes, uh, cornerback from Georgia, which um, is a um, if they pick it best. Uh, some people are really like a lot higher on him than others, but um, it, like people were saying, like, oh well, you know, this is just a ploy to to get some more more help. And then Green Bay just kind of doubled down and said, no, we're um, we're playing by our own game here, so they're not bending to his will. But they've ne- just never really given them that additional bit of support. I think it's in eight years they mm-hmm. haven't drafted uh, like anyone with a top pick for um, skill positions. Ten, 11 out of 10 years it's been um, defensive players in the first round Yeah, was what they had. Also last um, year they, they went and drafted A.J. Dillon with their second pick. So mm-hmm. it was another guy who was just sitting on the bench behind Aaron Jones, who they brought back. Yeah, it seems strange that that's the pick. In hindsight, mm-hmm. that's the pick that they made last year. They could have picked up one of many players, and even at that mm. pick, in the thing that Elijah Moore was there, like they just could have put out that olive branch. I mean, like, well, we got another wide receiver for you. He's a bit of a gadget. Give player. a something. Yeah, um, we can do something clever and creative with you know um, our coach. But I want it's. Lafleur not upset. Oh, he is. Because Apparently, he's he's, not, he's defending Rogers. He's not getting. He's a creative coach, and look at what the Jets have done for his brother in mm. just bringing in gadget players and forcing the line and and now it's like they don't, we don't know what my, uh, Matt Lafleur mm-hmm. can actually do with this team in a creative way because he doesn't really have gadget players or players that you know he can use the kind of style he wants to i think he's kind there, of there had are, to play rogers some, ball there are still some weapons on that team it's still it's it's not a team completely devoid of talent on the no, offensive side just, of the ball but you you do see it's just like you could do something else there i mean even if they um got someone else to help out on the offensive line i think that was a, a more pressing need than in some of the other spots they went to and, i mean like you that, could you could do with another corner to help uh, pair up with jair alexander yeah, yeah but well, the instant reaction was asante samuel jr and hmm. calvin joseph are better players than stokes that was like the instant reaction oh that might be a bit of a reach mm-hmm. and like samuel went like 20 picks later um so i I don't know, like I said, cornerback, PFF, everyone's always, get, mm. get cornerbacks, get, get as many as you can, like two of them will work out. But Most valuable player on the field other than quarterback. So obviously they went mm. quarterback last year, so it's cornerback this year. Yeah, and I've heard like reports about how, you know, 
Green Bay or, you know, this 50 plus one fan ownership, all that stuff. And then the GM's just like a, or the president's like a mantelpiece president, mm-hmm. like doesn't, he's an ex-player who doesn't really have any knowledge of how to be a club president mm-hmm. and, and all of that. Well, he wants down. to start a super league or something, you know? Yeah. And, and apparently that all filters down to the decisions they make and, Rodgers can come out and say, hey, I've done everything I can with this team. I want to go to Denver or I want to go to Chicago or well, he probably won't say Chicago. But, you know, like if <laughs> I have kind of like what Wilson did and it'd make more sense. But all this like preamble about, oh, he wants to play in California or near yeah. California to do Jeopardy. It's like, it's like no, 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 he's no, no, not no. doing Jeopardy. I mean, it would be it would be handy for him. And Denver's quite close. Uh, like, you know, given San Francisco closer. But um, yeah, that's not that's not a factor right now. He might do that later on at some point, but he can get there if he needs to. Um, anyway, uh, I'll just uh, leave it with this. Uh, Jordan Love, Adam Rogers, both. None. Who's on that roster come uh, week one? Well, they're not. They moved on from Jordan Love. To, oh, that'd be an interesting thing. I think both of them will be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think none of them will be in two years. Interesting. Very interesting. So I think Jordan Love will crash and burn. Flame out, okay. And Rogers will be on a different team by the end of the season coming because he has more power at the end of the season coming. Mm-hmm. It's like. If you felt this way, why did you sign the extension? It's not like the extension was for a lot more money. I think he went from, you know, we say this is mere mortals, but he went from something like 30 million to 37 million a year. Mm-hmm. And he added another like four or five years to his deal. If he was having these thoughts, why did you add the extra years? Why not just do what um, Wilson and stuff did and just do a two year 100 million or two year? Like, it's... did it have to be, did you have to do it for five years? Because mm. this is why he's stuck. He's stuck because he can't be traded before the 1st of June because it's going to cost him $31 million in cap space. It's funny what sort of decisions you make when you have a whole lot of zeros in front of you, right? Yeah. And it's That's like, well, you're always going to get that money from someone. Mm-hmm. So it seems like they're a bit short-sighted in signing that deal. And the Packers have already said, hey, look, the deal we offered two months ago was maybe not the right deal and that's an internal thing that we've got to work on yeah but they're willing to renegotiate his deal and make him the highest paid quarterback yeah so if he gets the extra so we've got two years at the moment on like okay like less than Wilson less than Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Dak if he gets three years 100 million or Mm -hmm. like three years 120 million like do you stay at the Packers do the fans want I think the fans do want him but like yeah of course fans want him it's it just seems really short-sighted two years ago, and now he's kind of he's in that bed because the NFL is the NFL, and it's mm. not the NBA, and he can't just leave. Well, we'll see how it pans out. There was a lot of uh, desire for him. I, was, I did say I was going to leave it, but I can't really now. Um, but like when uh, Mark Schlereth of the uh, former of the Broncos um, kind of broke, and he says he's not a guy for breaking news, but he broke it that apparently a deal was really close to being done with Denver. And then Mike Kliss of Denver came out and said, nope, that's not a thing. So, but, and I didn't know who to believe. And we were sitting there all the way up to the Broncos pick. And it was the Broncos pick. Uh, and I was still like, is this still going to get traded or something? And then I saw the pick was in. And I'm like, oh, well, it's all right. I guess we're going to get Justin Fields. Yeah, it seemed like the, the <laughs> NFL draft, the NFL network were really 
adamant about not speaking about it. Like, mm. they've been told by the NFL, hey, this player empowerment thing can't be a thing. Mm. Don't even mention it. Because, like, they're like, oh, cornerback, he's a good player. Mm-hmm. I was but like, the what? whole the whole thing was that they've obviously picked this cornerback either as a surrogate pick, mm, maybe, or because they know they're going to get a quarterback somewhere else. It just seemed after all the mock drafting and them getting trading up to get one of the like that was such an out there pick and no one I think let's like deny it. Let's let's hold let's hold off on that one until we until we get to that particular pick because there are some some things that some ins and outs there. But anyway, let's let's get into the actual draft itself. Aaron Rodgers has taken up a lot of my time lately. A lot of it's still hopeful. But um yeah, uh, obviously the first overall pick came in and it was as everyone predicted Trevor Lawrence quarterback from Clemson going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yep, it was just uh, no real surprise there. Um, and of course, no real surprise for Zach Wilson from Brigham Young going to the Jets. Um, yep, everyone's just kind of spoken about that at length for ages. It's, it's a done deal. It's fine. Not really particularly fascinating anymore. a great meme about um, Zach Wilson, which was great. It was like him just after being drafted. And he must have been texting his mm. mate or something. <laughs> but it like was him holding the phone and then it cut to... Google on his yeah. phone, and it was all the white boy things, you know, how to invest in Bitcoin, <laughs> how to set up <laughs> NFTs, um, um, and it's just like, he looks <laughs> so, such a shit, but he does look like that kind of guy. Yeah, I mean, the, the one concern that a lot of people are having with him is how will he deal with uh, an, like an NFL locker room, which, you know, which is a lot more diverse than that of a Brigham Young locker room, um, shall we apparently say. Apparently he took two cheerleaders to prom. Like okay. four months ago, as his date. So I think he'll be fine. <laughs> I think he's got the points in the bag. Okay, the we'll locker see, room. I think we'll see how that pans he out. He seems like a leader. He's very young looking, mm-hmm. and can't you know, hold against him. And then, I've got the youthful good looks as well. Yeah, so I did at some point. The you lost those when you were seven, actually. But sorry, please continue. Twenty-seven. <laughs> um, I think he'll be absolutely fine. But will the team be fine? Is the thing, and Joe Douglas has made some good moves. I love the trade up for Vera Tucker. Okay, and Vera there's a lot to give up like to get him. So doesn't matter. You need your the your okay. number one guy. Or well, they're focused three. on on doing some stuff this year anyway. So and they did that anyway. Um, the first kind of surprise pick, and there's the one that everyone was talking about, was Trey Lance to the 49ers. So was it a surprise? I don't even know. But finally answered one of the draft's biggest questions of the last month or so. So ultimately, given what they have in place already and the tools he has at his disposal, it's going to be really intriguing to see how quickly he develops. And like, I really like Lance. I really like this pick. He does have time to sit behind Jimmy G. But I mean, a lot. Like some people think that he might just be ready just to go go in already. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's maybe a little bit raw, but he's going to have some time with Cal Shanahan and that system. And I think you just want to kind of get him involved. Yeah, I, as it came closer, I don't know, it was just something about seeing Mac Jones sitting there in the room and just the vibe. And I was like, Tia, I was like, oh, it's going to be Lance. I just mm-hmm. like had this like instant, like, yeah, it's Lance. Like the other two, I think for what Kyle Shanahan wants, Lance is just the, the diamond in the rough. Like it mm. could be anything you want it to be um and he he seems like a blank canvas that they can kind of teach yeah he's low, low, low reps he's got the tools he's clever uh people are just saying you know it's just it's the low reps thing but that just means that 
well, it should just mean, hopefully, in their eyes, that you can just train this guy. There's always so much room for improvement. The ceiling is astronomical. And he, he does seem to have that kind of style where, like, you look at Mitchell Trubisky and you look at Darnold and they did seem to be seeing ghosts and they kind hmm. of have that face where that looks like a thing that might happen. Whereas Lance, as we discussed when we were watching, Lance kept it really quiet. But then when the teams were asking about, oh, you played one game <sighs> in college this year and you only made 40% of your passes and and you came out with a, in the fourth quarter, what was that about? And he was straight up and was like, I only played in that game so that my my co- teammates got their scholarships guaranteed. Yeah. And then that that's a whole different story on, oh, he had one bad game, we haven't seen him play in a year. It was like, oh, he only played, he sacrificed mm. his stats to get his teammates scholarships so the season wouldn't be cancelled. And I think that really resonated with the NFL teams. Mm. And that just kind of sealed it. Yeah. Um, and I, I, on my best term, I kind of think that Jimmy G's done and they should just oh, straight, <laughs> they should straight up play. I don't like when you've Holding got a player on. of that caliber mm. and making them wait. Uh, well, I mean, it depends. If, if the right offer comes in, they'll let him go. Yeah. But they were talking but. about straight after saying that they expect Jimmy G to play the season. It's yeah. Like, well, what's, what good's that to anyone? Other than your salary, cap. just just development for Lance, I guess. Um, maybe learn there, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's, it's an awkward uh, like drama about to play out there. I think so. They need yeah. to figure something. Jimmy out. G is. I, I don't know what Jimmy's attitude is. He's really, he's not but... at the same state as Alex Smith's career. Like Jimmy G has another. He's like five years younger than Alex Smith was at mm-hmm. that point, and he's Jimmy G doesn't see himself as a game manager. He sees himself as a Super Bowl contender and I just don't think Jimmy G's going to take to that role as well as Alex Smith did and it's probably going to hinder Trey more than just playing him yeah well and the team's ready so if Trey Lance is like okay they're probably going to be quite good yeah well we'll see like we don't know the locker room dynamic one thing that they you know that could serve them well is maybe not getting injured uh you know, across Not the board this at season. Meadowbank or Meadowfield. Meadowbank. Meadow I've played at Meadowbank. Um, What's it called? Um, <laughs> MetLife Field. Yeah, yeah. MetLife Stadium. Um, anyway, moving on to number four, and the Atlanta Falcons took Kyle Pitts' tight end from Florida. So yeah, they didn't overthink it. They just took one of the most explosive weapons we've seen in recent years. This guy is lightning quick. Has sticky hands. He has excellent body control. He's he's a phenom. Yeah, I am all in on what he can be just seeing the highlights during the draft made you mm. excited like the body control and the movement and it's just oh, he's got it and just pick the best player if you don't know what you want to be yeah. just run it back with your mvp quarterback and Former, see if you yeah. can see if you can win some games if, if they, they can continue like if they can somehow figure out a way to have him and julio jones on the same field at the same time and sorry, and Calvin Ridley as well. That is the craziest wide receiver trio ever. Like it's it's, it's ludicrous, really. Like Calvin, Calvin Ridley is fantastic. Uh, Kyle Pitts is he is a second Julio Jones. Like he's 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 big. He plays in tight end in name only. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Uh, so just depends whether or not they can protect Matt Ryan long enough t- for him to get these throws here. But yeah, I can I can see them putting up fifty points and losing by. 12 because the defense is still not great 
Yeah, it was a um, a tough ask with that salary cap. I don't know. Yeah, there's still a lot to be sorted out there, I think. And it's tough, because they're probably going to get like a fourth-round pick for Julio, who will end up at the Raiders or something, because that's the kind of thing that Gruden will do. <laughs> and what a missed opportunity. It's just some bad cap management. Like, how do you even get into that oh, spot? Man. Like, they don't even have Keanu Neal, and they've lost players. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. What are they spending? You nearly said Keanu Reeves there, didn't you? No, I always, <laughs> always had it. Whoa. Um, You're breathtaking. I just don't know where. Where are they? I do a whole pod on Atlanta's cap breakdown. Maybe we will. They've totally screwed it up. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we're we're all going to be deprived of that. I think I don't think it's going to be possible to. Yeah, we'll we'll to... see how that all pans out in the next little while. Um. Anyway, uh, number five, the Bengals selected Jamar Chase, wide receiver from LSU. Sure. Hasn't played in a year. Apparently, best prospect since um Julio, and yeah, he's playing for his teammate. Mm-hmm. Um, slam dunk for me. I think Lamar's that kind of guy that's just yeah. going to get it done and. On the Bengals, yeah. There's so many talented players in the AFC North now. Jesus. Yeah, it's um, it's it's really flipped. It's really looking looking up up there. Uh, a lot of competition. Um, now it was a bit of a coin flip between them and Penny Sewell. Um, uh, I think for for me, this it still team. makes so much sense. Like just giving him that other weapon, you can still upgrade the O line. Like maybe you get an Alejandro Villanueva <laughs> as is uh, the the option maybe for John everyone. Maybe Williams out there. is a true number one, and you just haven't given him a, maybe a chance. Yet. Riley Reef is in there as well. Like just creep back towards the average, as the guys from PFF would say. But yeah, for me, uh, especially that link up between Burrow and Chase, that really moves the needle for me. Yeah, I think some of the vultures will be uh, circling on the NFC East as well. So look if the um. The NFC East is as bad as last year. Then there's going to be people looking to pick off your, um, mm. you know, your Shrafes from the Redskins. Sorry, the Washington the, football the Washington team. Washington football team. Careful. And the um, like Nate Solder, who's going to have one year left on his deal. I think if teams are bad in that division, there's left tackles and guards mm. that are available. That can at least be a little bit better and yeah. an improvement. There's there's definitely room for improvement there. Yeah. Um, speaking of room for improvement, the uh, Miami Dolphins seem to do that wide receiver by selecting what was a little surprise for some people, but not for others. I know that uh, uh, Andrew McConaughey, friend of the show, was was big on this guy. Jalen Waddell, wide receiver from Alabama, who Andrew actually believed was the best wide receiver in this draft. Uh, I believe I believe so. If, if I'm misquoting you there, Andrew, I apologize if you still said Jamar Chase was better. But um, yeah, uh, real speedy guy. You have him and Will Fuller on the same team for, for this year. That is a lot Four of speed times. on the field at one time, as well as having Devontae Parker out there. Um, you know, that's a that's a, a nice-looking core coming together for, for Miami nice. there. they just got to make sure that they can keep uh, Tua mm-hmm. or whoever else is back there clean. Now, like, I thought that this would be a slam dunk for Panay Sewell because they had enough depth at wide receiver, but um, they decided otherwise. I think it will be um, a bit of a... It'll be a good September while Will Fuller's still fit. Get a good three or four games with Will Fuller on the field and he'll tear that hamstring. <laughs> yeah, he'll be gone. And then Waddle will take over. So, um, Look, Fuller's stats when he's on the field precede him. He's kind of got that that um, ability to, to break open the the distance and, and stretch the field. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants the, the kind of, you know, um, Tariq Hill... 
style playing uh, that's what that's the, the comp that people were giving a lot of the time it's yeah, it's really difficult to not, do it like that you know no, it's, it's not there yet like rugs i think rugs from last year for the raiders was more of a direct comp but he was to, just like kind of straight tail. line speed with hands yeah um, and i think rugs is more like Tarek hill than waddle is but that speed mm. it's unteachable you can't teach the speed so i think they feel he's at alabama he's done well and he's got the speed and, you know, we'll take him and you know, we'll plug him in. He's got something like four punt returns in the last years, couple yeah. of years as well. You can do it if you want so to. he can go anywhere, start straight away. I think that's all the Dolphins are really worried about right now. Yep, he's a weapon. He's scary. Uh, Dolphins improving nicely. Um, although, like I say, maybe a little, little help in the offensive line. Maybe get Alejandro Villanueva in there. Uh, <laughs> see where I'm going with this. Um, someone who doesn't need to sign Alejandro Villanueva, although maybe actually they probably could still do with him, to be honest. Uh, Detroit Lions, because they uh, snapped up Panay Sewell with the seventh overall pick, tackler of Oregon. And um, the consensus blue chip prospect goes to Dan Campbell's knee biters. And uh, he must be over the moon with this. Yeah, Panay Sewell. He's a tackle. He's a tackle. He um, didn't play last year, but he's mass- He's not even that big, but he's just... So athletic, and I don't really. The Lions are the Lions, and until they do anything, I'm probably not that worried. But mm. Akuda then Sue, most exciting combination of draft picks, seeing as you picked third and seventh. Yeah, but it's alright, they'll pick first next year, so. <laughs> Sorry, second. Houston Texans still exist. Yeah, do they still yeah. have a. They must have a first round pick next year, don't they? Oh. Oh, we'll soon find out. <laughs> uh, they'll, they'll, they'll trade it away for something else. Um, anyway, after that, the Carolina Panthers I made a bit of a surprise and selected cornerback J.C. Horn out of South Carolina, the first cornerback off the board. So Horn has all the, the traits that NFL teams look for in a cornerback, like his size and his you know, change of direction. Uh, even if he might not really fit into their like many teams' systems. So perhaps a bit of a gamble from Carolina here, who could still have gone for a quarterback at this spot. But... Um, yeah, Horn. Yeah, I just think thoughts. I just think they were looking for straight up talent. The stats that say that he gave up absolutely nothing at the end of the season, like six games without giving mm. up a pass or something. So playing for an okay team like the South Carolina or not. Yeah, the Gamecocks are not Alabama or, or anything. And I think it just kind of goes to teams are a lot more interested now in the. SEC and picking players that they've seen um, play. Like, yeah. you know, they're just trusting that division in this season. Maybe just yeah. this season, but they're trusting it oh, more. Oh, no, like people, like SEC broke their own record this year with uh, 65 players drafted. Yeah. Uh, the, pre- the previous record was held by SEC at 64. And the previous record to that was SEC with 63. So it's, it's a very popular conference, definitely. But you just have all of that. Uh, going through there but um yeah i mean they needed some help there but um you know they could have done with some help in a lot of places but they, they like i did i did quite like some of the work that they did through the course of this draft to be honest in fact for the most part most teams didn't really have bad drafts per se yeah well except for <laughs> now down to the denver broncos at nine and you know exactly how i feel about this one to me it just had to be justin fields uh, all day. Now, Patrick Sertan 2, or the second, PS2, 
is an amazing player, and I'm sure he will be incredible in the NFL. But do you need him? We have a need at the most, uh, sorry, a glaring need at the most important position in sports, and you let someone like Justin Fields, who has the elite skill set, that it could be the difference between us having another subpar season and getting to the Super Bowl, perhaps. And I'm quite, I really feel that. I really feel quite strongly about this. It just slips through your fingers. Um, as uh, like Jobby Burns so aptly put it earlier on. So unless they already have a deal done for Aaron Rodgers, which includes PS2 here, um, I'm, I'm already a little bit upset. Uh, and, and then doubling down with our second round pick... Um, yeah, uh, I, I was. I'm, I'm questioning the Broncos' direction here. With all due respect, Pat Sertan the second. So Teddy's not going to do it. Teddy Bridgewater was the 29th graded overall quarterback per PFF out of 38, and Drew Locke was 33rd. Uh, it's just you, you get you can get something special in Justin Fields who. For his entire career, up until the last however many months, was like one A with uh, Trevor Lawrence. I just where where's where's this all this negativity coming from? Um, yeah, I just really wanted it. So, and we'll get to talk about Fields shortly when we get onto uh, the team that drafted him. But yeah, while we're talking about Denver now, and Uh-oh. this what, is where we are. What have we got? Um, did. I'm going to be honest, I don't really have an issue taking a running back that you think is good in the top of the second round. Drafting up for it? Eh, maybe. But Drafting Javonte up when, you, Williams, when you've already got... Like, I, do, I do also like Javante Williams. Awesome. I know, but you've got needs. There's, and you've, you've, got, you've gone and drafted a cornerback when you've got a bunch of good cornerbacks there already. Now, granted, some of those guys might be on the move after a little while, right? And then you draft a running back when you've just got rid of Phil Lindsay, who you didn't even have to pay that much money for to keep, and you, and you're probably just going to use this as an excuse to get rid of Melvin Gordon next season. It's like that's a bit like far sighted when you can you you can deal with what's in front of you because there's not many holes on this roster, but they decided to plug up ones that weren't there. The, Effectively, the, now the Broncos... not, not not the worst decision in the world, but. It's the worst decision in the world. <laughs> Did the Broncos... Uh, Broncos. The Broncos. <laughs> the Broncos. Um, it's a bit of Aussie mm-hmm. in my head there. Did they pick up... Did they take a shot on any of the quarterbacks later on? Nope. Okay, yeah, fair. <laughs> at least the Colts took Ellinger. You know, like mm-hmm. at least the Vikings took Mond. Um, Look, if, if this lines us up for something else, like you don't want to put out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you never know. Or, I mean, I don't even know what's going on with this Deshaun Watson stuff at the moment. If that is going to be cleared up as being falsehoods, if it's not, then get him out of the league. I don't want him there. Certainly don't want him at the Broncos. But I, I just hope that George Patton has something up his sleeve because. I am. I am concerned. The moves they made did feel like they had. You kind of have to have either Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson or 
like Aaron Rodgers, you have to have, to have someone coming because they're kind of making similar moves to what they made when Peyton came, but mm. they don't have Peyton. Yeah. And let's just see what happens on June 1st because that's when, you know, guaranteed money happens and, you know, the other contractual obligations roll over and things. So maybe that's when things will really happen. Anyway, uh, I don't want to spend much more time on it because it'll it'll just make me cry. Um, uh, So, yeah, once the Eagles pick, uh, the Eagles traded up uh, with the Dallas Cowboys, who clearly wanted to get either J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertan II, and just had that ripped away from them. So they said, ah, screw this. We'll move back. So they they traded with with the Eagles, who then selected uh, Devonta Smith. They were going to play Devonta Smith for either team, so getting a third-round pick out of... Devontae Smith always going to that mm. to a team in their division. It's just well done, to be honest. They were always going to get um, Mika Parsons later, so like they knew that that wasn't going to be a pick that either of the teams made. So get that free third round pick. Yeah, when uh, like the obviously the, in the next pick, the Bears traded up, uh, trading a first round next year I uh, really and other stuff in order to get. Up to 11. I have a question. Yes, Darren. If you had a crystal ball uh-huh. and Jerry Jones had known that Mac Jones and Justin Field weren't going to be picked 5th and 6th or 7th and 8th and he would be able to get one of them on a rookie deal, would he have re-signed Dak? Ooh, that, that is an interesting, uh, meaningless question. Um, I think he still would have. I think that maybe there was enough unknown about these guys for them to fall that far anyway. And Dak is more of a proven commodity, and he just wants a proven commodity at this stage. Because he, he just sees what happened last year as a blip. So yeah. had um, had Dak been in there and they just fixed the defense, everything would have been fine. And they they would have wanted to do that with Pastor Tan II or J.C. Horn. Yeah. Or maybe even Caleb Farley later on if they happen to fall down. But um, yeah. Instead, they stick in Micah Parsons, who will uh, likely take the place of Leighton Van Der Esch, whose fifth-year option has been declined. Um, yeah, he's rubbish. Yeah, so it'll be him and... Um, Until he comes to the Browns next year and it's good again. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see how that pans we, out. We trade for him. Yeah. Um, so I just want to give... So we're on pick 12. Uh, no, back first of all. We're going to the you, Giants. You, you skipped. Yeah, I'm going to the Giants. No, 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 no. Wait, go back. Yeah, yeah. It we traded Eagles. it to the, e- yes. to, the, to the Bears. Dave Gettleman. Yes. Never trades down. Never trades down. Didn't need anyone in the positions that had most strength. Or, you know, it's up for debate if they need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. But to trade down... And get another first round pick. Yeah. From a team who were one and a half injuries away from picking first in the NFL draft. <laughs> Can you imagine if Justin Fields and Macker get injured and they pick it they they go four and twelve and that pick's like the like fifth the, pick? Yeah, yeah. It could be great value. I wouldn't have made that trade for anyone other than the Bears at that point. Because I think the Bears are one of those teams that they're they're on a knife edge. Are a couple of injuries like if Fields gets injured straight away, they are picking in the top five. That's an incredible lack of faith in Andy Dalton you're showing there, Darren. Yes, <laughs> I have a lack of faith in Andrew Dalton. Um, I just 
I'm so proud of him. Well done. Yeah. Getting those picks and But like now we all make fun of Ryan Pace, but personally oh, I, 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 I do think it needed to be done. And this is we did it in our mock and we'll we yeah. take yeah uh, flowers for doing it in the mock. We <laughs> did different teams but yeah. same outcome. Had to happen. Different quarterback because it was a different only because only we saw Justin Fields being picked third, yeah. effectively. So and they wouldn't have been able to get move up. But we knew something like this was going to happen. They had to. Uh, it just so happens that I think he did it and got probably the second best quarterback in the draft potentially. And Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are at a point where that pick next year doesn't matter if they mm. go two and twelve mm. or two and fifteen or whatever. Wherever it's going to be. Um, they needed to get the quarterback this year because they can't. Their careers are relying on Andy Dalton. Mm. The moment before that draft, that that trade, they're relying on Andy Dalton to keep them in a job. Yeah, and the, the, <laughs> the determining spot. factor in the future employment of a number of GMs who didn't pick Justin Fields to this point uh, could also be on the cards as well. There's, uh, yeah, mm. but you know, this going to be great. For relying pitching your career to a a grade one quarterback might end up like you know Tyrion and the. The Viper in Game of Thrones. <laughs> It'd well, be like Aaron Rodgers, and, you know. Oh, we're sorted. We've got Aaron Rodgers, and then suddenly he starts pissing about and gets his head crushed. Mm, and then you're spoiler for to Game of Thrones. Eh? Yeah. So, Yeesh. didn't want to think about that ever again. But the at this point, you don't want to rely on a pick. You don't want to rely on your quarterback to be the only factor you have in keeping your job. But. Mm. This is where Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are at for their own fault for just taking too long on Trubisky. They should have moved on two years ago. Pretty much as soon as it was a bust and they saw it, they should have probably moved on. Um, and Justin Fields has either got a great opportunity starting for a playoff team or they're a cursed franchise and it doesn't matter. Well, let me just say some 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 names to you, and then ask you a question. I don't know who they are. Uh, I'm just going to ask you: uh, Mitchell Trubisky, Jay Cutler, Rex Grossman, Chad Hutchinson, Jim Miller, Eric Kramer. Uh, is that Jim Harbaugh? Or whatever. And uh, Jim McMahon. I don't know. Who is that. Justin Fields already the greatest quarterback in Chicago Bears history? No, I think the guy who was in the 85 team is the greatest quarterback just for being on the 85 team. Yeah, that's, that's Jim McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, Jim McMahon, he was, he was all right. Um, I don't think he even had a 3,000-yard season. Uh, but, but, obviously, that was a team that you didn't really need to do that. You had Walter Payton. You had the, uh, the uh, Monsters of the Midway and stuff in there. But, yeah, uh, we can talk about that later on. But um, just, Justin Fields is an incredible athlete. He's going to help that team, I think. And he's going to make other people look very stupid. And now, okay, moving on. We've already mentioned Micah Parsons went to Dallas because they wanted someone else. We couldn't get him. Uh, Parsons is a big dude. Character concerns. Some people are already labeling this as a potential bust. Uh, Dallas definitely wanted a cornerback here, but traded back when PS2 wasn't on the board. So any thoughts on Micah Parsons real quick? Um, didn't play last year. Apparently had some off the field issues with not playing, mm. and but then that happens. You know these guys aren't some of these guys aren't from the best areas, and mm-hmm. 
you know, they're getting out of those areas by playing in the NFL. So I, I think he's kind of one of those hard-to-miss players, I think. As long as they play him in the right scheme, he's going to get outcomes. And I think he's definitely an upgrade on Van Der Esch. Van Der Esch was mm. absolutely awful. After one good season, they just fell away big time. Yeah. So you heard it here first, folks. The next Lawrence Taylor. Uh <laughs> Uh, Rashawn Slater, a steal for the Chargers uh, at mm-hmm. uh, 13. And he's also used to playing in empty stadiums because he played in the college football this <laughs> no, year. Yeah. So, oh. so, um, so good, good on you. You stole my line. That's uh, yeah, great. So the, like the Chargers, they are actually putting together a good offensive line for the first time in about 20 years. Like I cannot remember them having a, a, an offensive line like this. Um, so that, that makes me concerned about where they're going as a Broncos fan um, but Chargers fans you should be really happy with this pick yeah I'm just super indifferent about the Chargers until they become the Portland Chargers or the San Antonio, <laughs> San Antonio Chargers. Chargers it's just not it's not sustainable is it no but let's not get too dug into that now that's a but that's, I just that's, feel that's another one in the series of the Atlanta Falcons cat problems podcast and stuff I you know, because I'm from a business point of view with my job and stuff, and it's just some of this like salary cap stuff and ownership stuff. I'm just like, this should be really simple. You should be making hand on fist mm-hmm. money, money, money for everyone, players, owners. Like they made like seven billion in a down year, and they're gonna go up to like eleven billion with the new TV deal. It's mm-hmm. like, where's our money, NFL? Yeah, yeah, We're talking you up all the time. But give me a job. I, I, f- I feel for anyone that goes to the Chargers because they're going to be playing in stadiums so where there's more away fans than home fans. Mm-hmm. But it's a great opportunity to show your worth. Slider's probably jumping for joy that he's got that kind of situation. Yeah. And he is a Staley player. That was like the first thing a lot of the analysts were saying was, oh, this guy is a Brendan Staley player. Like He's exactly who he probably wanted mm-hmm. first on his board. Big athletic tackle. Some people had him down as the number one tackle on their on their draft boards as well, above Panay Sewell. So, yeah, the dude is um, is a stud. He's uh, proven himself against some great competition, including Chase Young. So, what else can you say, really? Um, moving on from there. Now you've already briefly spoken about him, Elijah Vera Tucker. So the Jets traded up to get him. Some people are saying a bit of a reach, but the Jets are certainly happy to go get someone else to protect their franchise QB. So that was the. Um... The Vikings pick. Yes. Yeah, they did really well out of that pick. I think so. And if they are able to maintain... If if it works the way it could work, mm-hmm. upside-wise, they got um, Christian Derrishaw. Mm-hmm. Spoiler for 23, but yeah. yeah. And Kellen Mond. Mm-hmm. And another tackle who's predicted to start in the, third ra- in the second round. Mm-hmm. So two tackles and a potential upside quarterback. I mean, Darren, as with Minnesota drafting, they could have drafted one of us and we would have been projected <laughs> starters on that offensive line. So I, I don't think that it's saying too much, but it is uh, it is certainly an improvement on what they had there. And also, I think they, they did pick up a first next year as well, or was it just... No, I don't that, think the Jets no, got maybe not much okay. now. Okay. Um, but... Um, yeah, I mean it's an improvement, but it's a guard. So, but like, he's got some versatility. Um, maybe people see him as being the next Quentin Nelson. Don't know. We'll see how we go. But he's gonna play left guard next to Beckton. Mm-hmm. That could so, help. 
Zach Wilson, your blind side is well and truly covered if Vera Tucker's even slightly good. Because mm-hmm. Becton's really good. So I think Joe Douglas is doing all the right things. The things that uh, McLanlin or Mitch McLanlin or whatever his name was didn't do mm. when he was GM. I see. So. Where are you making up that name from? No, it's <laughs> the guy, the GM before Joe Douglas, the one that did the draft and the free agency and then immediately got fired. Oh, uh, um. Mitch McLaughlin or. Yeah. It's uh, we're Mike McCagnan. That's it, yeah. Mitch McLaughlin! <laughs> Discount Mike McCagnan. Hoxton <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with bagpipes and a kilt. Okay, um, and then after that, uh, it was uh, McCagnan Jones was selected by the New England Patriots with the 15th overall pick. And uh, a lot of people saw uh, the video of Bill Belichick shaking his head at Matt Jones overthrowing players at his pro day. Um, so the slide, somewhat predictable, some might say. Some would say that it was um, totally unpredictable. Bill Belichick taking him, was that a surprise? No, I think it was totally theatrically planned. You've got to swing on a quarterback until you succeed. So, yeah. Yeah, um, I think Belichick was like, overthrow a few. You're definitely coming to we? New England. Look terrible. We love you. <laughs> and... You, Sorry, you, it's look, look terrible. We love you. Yeah, and you Here's can, my dog. <laughs> he has a great name, which I can't remember right now. But Mac Jones was like, okay, well, or Nike. Ah, yeah. That's it. So um, <laughs> Mac Jones was like, always wanted to be a patriot. Best. He said all the right things when he came up. And he does look like a fun guy. And I think, you know... He looks a bit gormless. Yeah, he's just he, like, he reminds oh, me a lot God. of my friend David Wallace from back home, who's just this ludicrously optimistic person uh, who just, he's kind of an odd shape, but everything just kind of works out for him and everyone loves him. Um, and uh, it, it, just, it just works out. Um, I, I, I see this guy as potentially being the future for the Patriots, and this could be their, their Dynasty 2.0, or feels terribly because people find a way to stop him. Well, he needs some weapons. They're there so well. used to a player that's good in the pocket, which I think we found out that Cam Newton isn't. Mm. Sorry, Cam. Sorry, Cam. Auburn love, Auburn forever. Hashtag okay. love. Just speak War up, Dan. Eagle. It doesn't matter. War Eagle. Um, but Mac Jones is good in the pocket, so mm. they can kind of put him in, and you know, as long as he's average, I think they're trying to build the Patriots to be a defensive team that have some tight ends that can make plays and. Their division still isn't that strong, so they can hopefully steal one of the seven spots and see what they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm much more optimistic for the Patriots today than I was two weeks ago. So yeah, I guess that's a win for them. Yeah, well, uh, you I know, guess I'm sure Bill Belichick's absolutely delighted that I think that. Yeah, exactly. He's, He's like, like, "I'm so good." Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Oh, he was worried," but yeah. I'm fully confident now. Oh, just as well. <laughs> it's getting the the seal of approval right there. Um, another team who, I don't know, will these guys get your seal of approval? Uh, the Arizona Cardinals drafted Zayvon Collins with the 16th overall pick. Now, Collins, linebacker from Tulsa. He's a linebacker, but he's 270 pounds, 6 foot 4, an athletic freak. He's still fast at that size. So if you have him and Isaiah Wilson, who wasn't you know fantastic last year and was kind of getting picked on, but if they come good, then that midfield for... The Cardinals could be really scary, uh, and the fact that they got Rondale Moore in the second round yeah, makes this look like a, a potentially really solid draft for them. 
Yep, we could flip the picks and it would probably make more sense, but they, yep. got, they got the two guys, so you can't really um, argue it. I, I think Rondale Moore is going to be a much, straight away, a much better player, helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just going to be so strong. In, in weapons. Yep, he'll catch um, he'll catch those bubble screens and like you know like take it a lot further than Larry uh, Fitzgerald would these days. He's got the the shiftiness. He's got the speed. Uh, he can he can go over the top. Uh, he's just a, a real playmaker. And like I say, like he could well have been picked in this this slot here. But yeah, Zayvon Collins. Like I'm, I'm not entirely sure. It seems like a bit of a, a a risk to me, but I think this year more than ever, the freak athletes are the ones who are getting drafted. Uh, if there's like nothing else on tape, and that's well, just what Zayvon Collins is to me. For anyone, so. mm, yeah, yeah. So um, if you don't have too much to say about Zayvon Collins, then we can move on to a guy who, from his draft picture, looks more like a dungeon master than uh, an offensive tackle. Alex Leatherwood, uh, offensive tackle from Alabama, went to the Raiders. Strange one, uh, as far as most people are concerned. Um, Very curious. So the Raiders are back at it again uh, with Mike Mayock making some strange picks. uh, Try down. No one else is going to pick him. Seemingly, um, they like, got Morig in the second round, which kind of adds to that. Well, if you flip the, you picks, can flip the picks. That's something that the Raiders it can be said that they've done a couple of times now. Well, getting sweat at eighteen. Is it sweat? No, no. Is that Cleveland Farrell at four for them? And then obviously, was uh, linebacker that was in has been injured. The whole no, time. it was co- cornerback, wasn't it? They got um, what's his name? Oh. This is a great podcast. Uh, da, 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 the boy from Ohio State, da- Damon. No, oh, that Arnett? was this year, the year before. Oh, a year before that. Um, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's not it's the very similar to monster, but they they got a linebacker in the Cleveland Farrell draft that was much more of a top ten player than Farrell was, and that. Oh, okay. So they've been out. That you could have said this about them flipping their picks like three or four <laughs> times since Mayock's come in. I think he just knows who he wants, and he doesn't really want to have any. Yeah, he just won't play won't, any won't games. His guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I was still really surprised that they didn't go Tevin Jenkins here, uh, who ended up falling to the Chicago Bears in the second, which I think was a fantastic pick as well. Um. So yeah, I mean. Innocent till proven guilty. Maybe Alex Leatherwood can really do something here. Um, not, not gonna, not gonna shit on, on him anymore. Um, moving on from him, uh, Jalen Phillips, nice homer pick for Miami Dolphins, straight out from Miami University of Miami, Florida. Uh, edge rusher. Now, if this pays off, it could pay off big time for the Dolphins, mm-hmm. uh, who, to my mind, haven't had a good edge rusher since Jason Taylor. Uh, Neil Shepard, feel free to uh, correct me on that one there. But um, is that he's Joey Taylor's brother? what the tv person i don't know anyway um J- jalen phillips uh long rangy uh d- like edge rusher he could really be a star player in this league if he utilizes his tools and keeps his nose clean yeah he's um he definitely looks like he's got the um the tools and they were saying that he's just totally um about upside um and i haven't too much to say he hasn't played much he doesn't have much tape a lot of these guys don't and i think that's one of the issues that the edge rushers have had this year that they just haven't been able to put as much on tape and show what they can do but 
think my arm are like, we got so many picks and we picked up so many players off of this one trade and we're just kind of playing with house money here and we're going to take a home guy that the fans will love and if he does well, then everyone's going to pat us on the back and if he doesn't, then they go, oh, he's from Miami, we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a pity that didn't work out. I think it's just They gave up. him a shot. It's a, it'll GM, be a popular pick. GM and coach going, can't really lose with this pick. We've got Waddle. Um... And I think with Dolphins, it's all about Tua. So yeah, get as many feet on the ground for the defenses and the offensive line as you can and just let Tua cook. Yeah, let, 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 let the it, offense off the chain and see what happens. It tastes good. Mm-hmm. Keep it. If not, send it back. Mm, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and that is the Uber Eats promise. Um, at 19, there was Jamin or Jamin... Uh, Jimmy Jamesy Davis, a linebacker from Kentucky, goes to the Washington football team. And um, this is just another case of freak athlete goes to a, t- a linebacker needy team. Um, a lot of people are really slam dunking this pick here. Uh, I personally don't know enough about Davis. Like I just like the, the linebacker value is kind of like it's like the running back of of the defensive side of the ball. It's Kind of really dependent on you know what else like just just how incredible you are. You have to be a really special athlete to make a different like difference at linebacker well, these days because obvious, you get you get picked on effectively. And they obviously didn't want to pay Ruben Foster starting linebacker money, so they moved on. Um, and Thomas Davis is nearing retirement, so picking up a young linebacker was pretty much the only option. And as we spoke about in the last pod with the Browns. They're all kind of toss up at that point. Mm. It was like we need one of them, and I think my worry for the Browns was that there was going to be a run on them, but there wasn't. And this guy's kind of fallen to them there, and I think it's best player for your need. Mm-hmm. And and I think he'll hopefully he'll do well. Kentucky have had a few picks in this draft, and they were quite strong. But this is also again the SEC mm. getting tape. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's like people people saw them play. That's how it works sometimes. Um, the New York Football Giants then selected Kadarius Tony, wide receiver from Florida. Now, oh, I'm really funny about this one. Like, it's weird because like the Giants, they have invested quite heavily in wide receiver. They've got guys coming back, but Kadarius Tony, he can he can be a weapon. Like he can play purely at the slot, but he's one of those guys that he could kind of project and maybe work on the outside as well if they want him to. Especially if you've got him working across from a guy like Kenny Galladay, who can you know be that big guy to take away a lot of the just, the real attention. I just think if you're going to sign a guy who has a very similar frame and college production to John Ross, trade Ooh. down, trade down again. Like why? This guy's they better than John got, Ross. This isn't like this isn't just like John Ross one, one guy. John Ross was one of the best wide receivers in college. Pac-12 history. Yeah, but more, like he was the fastest guy. player in NFL history. Yes, yeah, exactly. But it's not the same. He's not got the same skill set as Kadarius Tony. I, I, I think. Uh, okay, well, I think they're very similar. Okay, well, um, we'll, 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 we'll see. <laughs> pizza. That's a pizza. That's a pizza bit. Um, Quiddy Pay. You ever given me any pizza yet? No, Angela like, hasn't come back yet. I'm still okay, holding up. He won't. Um, Kate, like at twenty, you could have got Pay, Farley, or Darashaw, who were the next three picks, and I think that would have been a better. A better investment for pick twenty than um, taking. Sorry, I'm just what, what are you doing? I'm just turning the lights. Sorry. I thought you were going to get a beer. I am like, also getting a beer. Like ten meters away, it's hard to talk there to myself. There was lights over there first. I do that all the time. Sorry, beer time. 
Yeah, the it just seemed like a reach that they didn't need to make. I just would much rather have preferred Elijah Moore or Rondé or oh, not even that. Where's the other lad? Did any other wide? Yeah, Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, just, I just don't. I think it's a risk that you didn't need to take at that pick. Get your gadget wide receiver later. Pick <laughs> up a edge rusher or a cornerback. We'll see. I mean, like I think Tony has maybe got a little more to his game than oh, you're giving credit too for. Much but PFF. we'll see. I'm getting cynical. Wow, it's just a skillful, oh, fun player to watch. What does that mean? It's, it's it's PFF that's making you cynical, Darren. Is that you're really blaming them for this? Well, for this pick, I'm just okay. hearing myself talking. Going, oh, you picked the fun player. Oh. <laughs> Why'd you do that? All right, yeah. all right, Sam. Um, yeah, no, I, I I don't hate it. it. It could be, you know, just giving them another option and stuff like that. They could have done with some help in other spots, um, namely the offensive line, but um, that's the only thing that they can really do. Get Alejandro Villanueva in there and they'll be all right, right? Uh, the Indianapolis Colts, they also have a bit of a need on the offensive line, but they decided to go for the defensive line instead and picked up Quissy Pay. Edge rusher from Michigan, and uh, definitely one of the top edge defenders. And the Colts really needed that as well. I, I, at this spot, I was maybe still surprised Did they didn't Buckner? go for Darasaw. Yeah, but on the other side, because mm, okay. um, like you know, if you have if if, if you like have that sandwich uh, there, then that leads to a lot more production on both sides. But yeah, I, I would have saw Darasaw. So I guess they must not rate like must not have rated Darasaw, or just saw the defensive line as being a bigger. Yeah. Hole, bigger need to fill. I don't know. Like getting in hindsight, like getting Darisaw there or trading down and getting Jenkins. I think, I think you just got to put as many bodies in front of Dar. Uh, Donald, and, <laughs> same difference. Went mm-hmm. as um, possible to see what you've got. Um, I just think, just like the Jets did, trading up to get a, a lineman. Mm-hmm. If you're worried about it, they're obviously not that worried about it, but. It's like, why impact your left guard's Hall of Fame career mm. by making him play left tackle? Yeah. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. You give him the gold jacket today at left guard. Why risk your player's career and risk your team's yeah. production when you can And then you've still got a problem one? at guard. Yeah. So what do you do? And like they doubled down as well because they went for um, uh, Deo Odeyingbo. From Vanderbilt with their second round pick as well, so it's another edge rusher. Yeah, I think they so, just think that's a thing that they have to sort, and they're just going to take as many shots as they can. Yeah, yeah. I'd be surprised if they bring in like a. Well, they've still got Justin Houston, so they. Yeah, I just think that they're trying to find as many options as possible to yeah. find a good pair because their analytics is telling them that's the most biggest thing they need to improve on. Mm-hmm. Um, but Quiddy Pay may be good. They also drafted uh, Will Fries from uh, Penn State and with their seventh round pick. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Michael Michael Strachan. So I think they maybe made a, a little bit of a, a, a bonus move there, thinking it was uh, straight hand. Anyway, um, moving on. And the Tennessee Titans, if uh, if this works out for them, this could be one of the steals of the draft. Caleb Farley. Uh, cornerback from Virginia Tech. The guy is just an insane athlete, incredible closing speed and instinct, top imposing physical form. He's just had a bit of a problem with uh, some some back injuries or back concerns lately. So, But they needed a cornerback. They went and got the guy that, if fit, 
could be the best in this class. Yep, you know, super happy to still go in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the Titans don't have Adore Jackson anymore. Um, Malcolm Butler's left as well, so filling that need, like Janoris Jenkins isn't going to be their number one cornerback, so I think yeah. they're just hoping that Farley can be. And look, you can trade for a cornerback and you can pick up free agent quarterback cornerbacks if it isn't working. They might not have the production, but I think it's well worth. The Titans being that kind of team that are solid and are probably going to be a playoff contender just by the division they're in <laughs> and by the, the, the framework they've already built. It helped it's, that they, they, they picking worth, up uh, Dylan Radins from North, North Dakota State in the second uh, round as well was handy for them too. Uh, and they, they picked up Des, Des Fitzpatrick for wide receiver in round four because they just really need something there. They do have a lot of holes, and that's a team which, if if things don't go their way, I actually think that they could regress. But like I say, the only difference is what division they're in. Uh like, yeah, having to go against the Texans twice a season's uh, going to be an interesting matchup at the moment for me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, number 23, we spoke about it briefly. Christian Darasaw to the Minnesota Vikings, offensive tackle also from Virginia Tech. Um, slid a bit, and the Vikings must be stoked to get him at number 23. I think, again, nice pickup to try and help keep uh, Kirk Cousins or indeed Kellen Mond clean this season. Yep, I think so. That's that. Yeah, these linemen. He's, he's a good lineman. Played for a team that's had a few upset wins in the last couple of years. Um, Riley Reef has left. That was a need. Mm-hmm. Makes sense to me. Uh, they needed to do something on that offensive line. Uh, Darisol was the best available by a, a, a fair stretch, I think. Worked out nicely. Yeah. Uh, and then it was the pick that everyone saw coming a mile away. Yeah, apparently you could have won quite a lot of money on DraftKings if you um, had... Had had this in a prop. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it's not yeah, like something a like hundred um, bucks or something back. Something like Trey Lance going in the top five and Najee Harris going to the Steelers was like <laughs> twenty five to one or something. What? Which like, just seemed like a complete stretch, and it's because it's a draft. Yeah. And Pittsburgh yeah, could have yeah. could have easily gone. Ah, screw it. Well, there's a run on on offensive linemen in the end of the at the start of the second, so we're gonna. Jump out here. Do you reckon they'll re-sign Alejandro Villanueva? Because he'll make their oh, uh, offensive God line a really good. Sake. <laughs> uh, Nash- Do you know he's a veteran? Ah, uh, he is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's Do, you just know, grumpy Do you know Ryan Tannehill used to play quarterback? Yeah. No wide receiver even. <laughs> he still he does play quarterback. God oh, damn it! I've messed, messed it up. Um, so yeah, Steelers pick running back Najee Harris from Alabama. Uh, we all saw it coming. How Steelers can you get? Uh, they better be looking to fix that offensive line elsewhere because they need it. Uh, with all due respect, Harris can be a really nice contribu- contributor in this offense if he's given the room to run. Now, you um, can I, I genuinely think that with the right offensive line, he could be like a Derrick Henry plus receiver mold if they can get people to block for him. He can be really good. So, I'm all for this pick because if you're not super delighted about the tackles or think you're a big enough team that can sign one in free agency, fine. Najee Harris, I think, is, as you said, in that mold of... He's not TJ Yeldon. He's... Who is? He's Henry. He's not Trent Richardson. He's um, Nick Chubb. Like, he's definitely someone who's going to come straight in and have production. Um, But it's about value and about your... The 
your team your team's framework and how confident I am in your organization. Mm-hmm. So I'm absolutely fine with the Steelers making this pick. But the next pick oh, by, am, by the Jaguars? I am mm-hmm. out on completely, which is ironic because it's done for similar reasons. Mm. But this one I just couldn't get my head around at all. This other than can, yeah. making your quarterback feel good. Yeah, so this pick that uh, Darren's talking about is uh, Travis Etienne, running back from Clemson, going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So obviously he was Trevor Lawrence's running back at Clemson. But yeah, very weird pick when you consider, you know, it's a running back and you've already got a stud in James Robinson in the backfield there. Just get a weapon on the outside or a lineman or defensive player. Bateman or Newsom or even Elijah Moore. Or yeah, you could have Kevin done so Jenkins, yeah. or Tyson Campbell earlier. Like this, this, this is a running back pick that to me makes little sense. It they makes could easily have done sense. the opposite, which is take Tevin Jenkins here, mm-hmm. and then take Etienne at the top of the second round. Maybe if if they if there were the option was there, then perhaps. But and then he but might they, he might have got picked up by. They did team. get Walker Little, who is not little, by the way. No. Um, with the thirteen uh, pick, and apparently he is an absolute monster who's just not been able to play because of mm. Pac twelve being useless, and he was injured the year before. Yeah. So there's no tape on Walker Little. He so he went with the. Um, can't even see. That's weird. What does that mean? Oh, the forty fifth pick. Yeah, the forty fifth pick from mm-hmm. Stanford to the Jags, and he might be great. And look, if he's great, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I would have much rather picked Tevin Jenkins and known I had someone who could start straight away, and then pick a running. They could have got Williams. Yeah, Javante Williams with a later pick. Like, really it's just. I mean, hindsight is always twenty twenty. Darren. Yeah, I'm. I'm not a big fan of that one. But uh, you know, if he goes a thousand, a thousand next year or something James like Robinson that, must play. what do I have to do? Man? Yeah, honestly, that guy can't catch a break. Sometimes um, you're always an underdog, and that's just the way. Yeah, got a lot of them though. Um, but yeah, uh, the next pick. Now, when this came up initially, we were, I was like gauging your reaction, and it was a little subdued. But that was purely because you saw a glaring need, and they did not fill it. Until the second round when they picked JOK, the linebacker, uh, that they were just always after. Um, but So you managed to get him in the second round, as well as uh, Greg Newsom, the cornerback out of Northwestern here. Um, like That's just a really nice pickup. You can always do with more cornerbacks on your team. Like Great, great depth like that, especially when you're going to be going up against some of the more impressive wide receivers in the league. Yeah. Um, and like Greedy nice Williams, spot. it's like I we we've discussed previously, maybe not on this on the podcast, but ourselves between ourselves, Greedy Williams looked like a slam dunk at one point, but he's proven that outside of the um the LSU system, can't tackle in space, which is a big thing when you're playing against the Ravens twice a year, big thing if you're going to go against Jamar Chase, mm-hmm. um, and he's got nerve damage in the shoulder, yeah, so. Greedy and Denzel should have been your starting cornerbacks, and it's just not worked out. And I'm really happy that the Browns are the kind of organization that aren't going, well, we were right. We don't want to be proven wrong. And just going, look, it's the same with Grant Delpit. It's like, Grant Delpit hasn't played yet. That doesn't stop us fulfilling a need in the middle of the field. We're still going to fill up as many 
bodies in the middle. And if Delper adds to that, cool, great. But then, look, Greedy Williams could come back completely with a picture of health. They might be able to teach him how to wrap his mm-hmm. freaking arms. <laughs> yeah, actually tackle. And just Long send him arms. down here to Wellington and work with the All Blacks for two weeks about how to actually tackle. You're True. paying the guy like three million a year. You may as well try and get like some value out of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, they're not holding on to their losses. They're not holding on to what could be a bad decision and getting Newsom at that, that spot is good and he was really good for Northwestern and he's yeah. just going to go straight in and be able to help and that's all the Browns need from their rookies this year. Yep, immediate contributor if you want him to be there but if he's not then providing people stay healthy uh, you might not even need him to be an immediate starter but yeah, I still really like the pick. Uh, another pick that I really like is Rashad Bateman going to Baltimore and that is a that's a great fit there. Um, I just really, really like that. Perfect pick. Such a versatile weapon plays really big for his size like the dude just doesn't really lose and that is something that the ravens really needed and like people were like oh maybe they could have done with an edge but then they sorted that out with the 31st overall pick in uh, picking up uh, odafe owe formerly known as jason owe um like just a really good set of back-to-back picks there for the ravens they've gone and sorted a, a couple of uh glaring needs on their roster yeah. i think they, they got like they were, they were one of the teams that got much better in a very short space of time in this draft. Yeah. Uh, the, it was funny seeing the Browns and then the Ravens picking side by side. It was, um, it was quite entertaining. Um, but Rashad Bateman, I think, is a kind of a slam dunk. He's got the potential to be the Justin Jefferson of this draft. Yeah. Where people are going to be like, how was he picked like fifth? Yeah. <laughs> and that's where I'm just like, that's my whole thing with the Giants pick is like, oh, what are you, why? <laughs> but Rashad Bateman's there, you know, they've just picked up some, some more bodies from big schools. I think they're just kind of hoping to, to get um, a bit more help to stay fit. But mm-hmm. they're, to me, the Ravens are reliant on Lamar and not being too one-dimensional. And if they have enough to for Lamar to throw to in space, then they're Super Bowl. Like they're they're it can they're yeah. there, you know. Yeah, they're not. They were there before. the year before, and last year they just didn't have the weapons, and they were relying too much on Mark Andrews. Yeah, and run, like Bateman, Mark Andrews in the run game and stuff like that. It's like it's all well and good having a run game, but if you can add yeah. that extra dimension there, then... in hindsight, Mark Ingram just wasn't the running back they needed. They needed, eventually, yeah, they, had yeah, to they needed someone like exactly. James Robinson. I remember. Yeah, oh, well, that'd be that'd be great. Yeah, <laughs> It'd be fantastic there. It's like, oh, so you just got Etienne. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the Ravens. Yeah. They make me grumpy. Okay. <laughs> oh, fine. But they always oh, they make you grumpy, Darren. <laughs> Their first round pick was a good pick. It was a very Damn good pick. Them. Yeah. Damn both them. both of them were. Um the New Orleans Saints picked up Peyton Turner defensive end from Houston. Now this one was uh, one of those picks that people were not entirely sure with. Um so big surprise with some of the talent that's still on the board. Um, certainly has all of the athleticism that you could ever want from a human being. But um, yeah, certainly questionable in terms of production. Um, any thoughts? It's needed to replace Trey Hendrickson. If he's the number one guy on their board, they just wanted it done. Yeah, I mean, it just seemed... Uh, they like, didn't like back it up, though. Usually when you, you're not getting the number one guy that you wanted or were thinking about 
you usually maybe go and get another defensive end in like the fifth round or something just to see yeah. if you can get another you can hit gold. But they didn't do that, so they must really like um they must really like Peyton Turner. Yeah. Um I'm really intrigued about them taking Ian Book because that's gonna be Ooh, yeah, okay. a very interesting quarterback room. Ian yeah. Book, very good at Notre Notre Dame and all time leading Already passer at Notre Dame. Second best quarterback. <laughs> oh, well, we'll 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 wait and see how that all pans out. Maybe he's going to be the next Drew Brees. Room. Yeah, um, I mean, friend of the show, uh, Jim Rickaby, he uh, didn't particularly like this pick, but he thinks that they recovered on day two with picks like uh, Werner and Adebo, which really hit key spots at linebacker and corner. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe it's not going to be all bad, but um, yeah, the jury is out on Peyton Turner. Um, now we did briefly talk about Eric Stokes. For, I say briefly, we actually talked a reasonable amount about Eric Stokes, who got picked up by the Green Bay Packers at twenty nine, running back from Georgia. Um, anything else to really add on him just now, Darren? Other than some people still saw this as the wrong pick, even yeah, if they really needed a cornerback. He's a Georgia quarterback. Cornerback, sorry, he's in a pro style system and you know he had a really good rating when playing but I just thought there was better value um mm. Santa Samuel Jr. being a potential one there yeah. or indeed a an Elijah Moore perhaps you know mm. just something to go there but um again uh, Eric Stokes is going to be judged quite harshly I think because of the scrutiny on this pick so good luck to him is all I can really say. I really want him to do well. He's <laughs> got that image of um, Jordan Love just taking off his Beats by Dre headphones and kind of shaking a bit and nodding his head and then putting the hat on being like, what have I got myself in? Yeah. <laughs> Why am I doing this? Why did you pick me? <laughs> Why me? Why, oh, why am I going into this situation? And maybe Eric's just like, I could have just gone to the Colts ringing on straight in and... Now I've got to go deal with this nonsense. Mm-hmm. But look, if you get a swap, maybe they swap them. Mm-hmm. Sertan for Stokes and two first rounders for Rogers. Let's see. Uh... It seems like a, that's why the Broncos pick seems so strange. It seemed like a surrogate pick because it didn't seem like a major need. Yeah, yeah, that that was it. People kind of like assumed that oh maybe oh they're going Patrick Sertan because this is part of the play, and then. Corner from the Packers, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, um, they, they don't need it. Yes, yeah, exactly. There's, it's still they don't need to report. There could until, still like, be something to be done so there. Yeah. They've anyway, got voluntary OTAs and then they report. Yeah. They don't have to report for training camp until June. So yeah, it'll be after that first of June date. So mm-hmm. maybe we'll see. Maybe they never. Maybe it's an NBA thing. Maybe he yeah. never plays for them. Uh, Buffalo Bills picked up Greg Russo from Miami, uh, another edge rusher, the one on the other side of Jalen Phillips. And uh, yeah, I don't really know. Um, I don't think I like him this high, but his enthusiasm is really infectious. I, I like, um, I, I seem to like his attitude really. And uh, you know, if he's going to go somewhere to succeed, then you know, stick him in Buffalo. Who really needs someone with that sort of energy? And uh, you know, maybe that could work out for him. Yeah, just they've got Ed Oliver, and I think they're yeah, just he needs trying to push up a little bit. Add yeah, more weapons to free up someone. Mm-hmm. And if you can put the pressure on that either Russo or Oliver get free, cool, you know. Cool, yeah, cool. You're just adding to a good team. Buffalo are a good team. so And they've got, unless Mac Jones is Brady 2.0, they've mm. got an easy run at 
the division championship. Yeah. So. Well, they also they doubled down on edge as well by picking up Carlos Basham Jr., uh, Boogie Basham yeah. uh, from Wake Forest. Now, well, do, that's do, what do, I mean about double it. Like, yeah. if you're not massively sure on your first, mm. you usually try and get another one so that you hopefully hit gold. Yeah, they also doubled down on tackle in rounds three and five with Spencer Brown and Tommy Doyle after that as well. Just bodies. But, yeah. Can you can you remember? It was a few years ago. There was that um, that article on Carlos Basham Jr. and like I can't remember if it was the Athletic or something like that. But it was just this guy. He was about eighteen going into college, and he weighed like two hundred and seventy pounds, and was running like four five forty and stuff like that. And it was Carlos Basham Jr. And we were just like, I can't wait for this guy to be the first overall pick in a few years' time. He, he dropped down to the second round and stuff, but physical specimen with uh, an, an awful lot of uh, positivity there. the weirdest college years in history, so I wouldn't yeah. be overly worried. Like, he might... That's what I mean. Like, some of the best players in this draft are going to probably end up being in the fourth round because they just haven't played at all. Mm-hmm. Like, Walker Little. Like, yeah. on paper, he should have been a top 10 pick if he'd played both years. Yeah. See how it all pans out. Um, so... Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, as we mentioned, uh, the Baltimore Ravens did get a Daffy away with that um, pick trade with the Chiefs. And uh, we've already said kind of about it, but yeah, really great slam dunk pick. Knocked out of the park. Um, he's just going to be ruthless around the edge, I think. Um, if, if you're if you're weak on the side that has him on it, you better watch out. Yeah. Yeah, just more bodies hoping to, to get some space. Yeah. And uh, to round off the first round, who's Joe Tryon? Oh. I, I don't actually know, uh, I, but that's maybe just my fault, really. Yeah, um, well, you've already slandered John Ross's college <laughs> career, so I'm not really giving you anything. Do you know who Jacob Eason is? No, you don't, of course. I, I do know who Was- Jacob Eason is. You don't know anything about Washington football. So, <laughs> so maybe he's good. Maybe you just don't watch Washington play in the worst Pac-12 in the last... They're like the worst. They shouldn't have. Like, Look, he's a he's, a, he's a, a big guy. He's got length and explosiveness. Uh, I haven't mentioned my thoughts on any of the college <laughs> concepts this year, and Pac-12 definitely has my ire. So um, he he could he could be if something. he did well if he played last year and did well, then that's you know a reason to take him in the first round. But yeah. I I'm more excited for Cal Trask. Oh, okay. I just think that that's the kind of thing that everyone's going to sleep on. And in two years' time, Kyle Trask is going to be starting for a Buccaneers team that's ready to win. And they'll be <laughs> like, oh, where did he come from again? Because it's just that kind of pick. You know, bottom of the second round, we've already got a win-now team. Yeah. Um, And Brady's in the mood to teach. He's now, yeah, now he's such, just about ready for it. He's having such a good time. Hey, kid, I'm going, to be ready, was, I'm going to be ready to retire in 10 years. Do you yeah. want to Kyle make this Trask your team? Must be going, going, I had to sit beside this Tom Brady for the next two years at least. Like This Tom Brady is fun, drunk, like, <laughs> having a <laughs> great time, Derby. slagging off the Jets. He literally told James Corden to try out for the Jets because he was good enough to play for them. Ouch. That was like last week, like on, <laughs> on the late late show. So Brady's just having a great time. Um, so I Buccaneers didn't really need to add any players. So yeah, if they get an extra player to help out, right. yeah, and then that was all she wrote for round one. Um, so we've been going for on for about an hour eighteen now, hour nineteen nearly. Uh, do you want to just really run through, and I mean run through some of the key notables from a few other rounds? No, not really. Not really? Um, do you have any favourites from the, the other rounds? Okay, well, 
Let's really put put down there. Elijah Moore going to the Jets in the second round, real good. Christian Barmore going to New England scares me. Like, yeah, that's that uh, seems like they're excellent. What they're doing. Yeah, yeah, defensive tackle from Alabama, just gonna gonna tear it up for them. Tevin Jenkins getting to the Bears, managing to help shore shore up that offensive line for uh, Justin Fields, and he's in there. Like I say, Walker Little going to the Jags to protect Lawrence, real good. Chargers getting great value in Asante Samuel Jr. Uh, in the second as well. Uh, Rondell Moore at the Cardinals. <laughs> wow, just what a wide receiving core that is. Really scary. JOK to Cleveland. You made yeah. it. Awesome. Uh, interesting one. Tutu Atwell, uh, who is... Tiny. Yeah, he's under 150 pounds, which is next to nothing. That's just it's absolutely ludicrous. Uh, he made it to uh, the Rams. Uh, so he's even smaller than Devonta Williams, who people were going crazy about. Uh, that Kyle Trask pick, uh, I don't know, we'll see. Maybe he could really be the heir apparent to Tom Brady once he eventually retires or passes away or whatever it's going to be. Uh, Andre Sisko going to the Jags could be incredible as well. Mm. Uh, t- top around three, potentially best safety in the draft. Uh, just complete complete baller. Uh, he'll, he'll really go for it. That Kellen Mond pick to the Vikings. Yeah, that's my, my most interesting is Kellen Mond. Definitely. He's, he's from... Think of the players that have come out of Texas and Texas A&M. And it's just a well-run organization. Like it's, it's kind of got that sneaky Dak Prescott thing. Yeah, it really does. Really does. Um, and, you know, he's thrown to some really good players. Uh, Chris, Christian Kirk. Yeah. Um, he wasn't Ev- Evans, was Manziel, but... It's just Mon's got the athleticism too. He's got yeah. things that well, he played uh, in that. 70, Kirk Cousins does not seventy three seventy one game mm. against LSU, where they went to four overtimes. Yeah, and he lost, and it was very unfortunate. By the, by the way, I don't know if you've seen it or if people on the podcast have seen it yet, but uh, RG three went on an interview about the Kirk Cousins and Kellen Mon situation, and he was. Scathing about Kirk Cousins, basically saying, "Yeah, Kellen Mond's been been brought in because he's the opposite of Kirk Cousins, and that's what they really want. Uh, like they're just this is the transition." And oh man, it was uh, yeah, no love lost in that relationship there. Um, in, in, in terms of, oh, sorry, did you want to say something else there about no, Kellen Mond? No, no, no. Okay. He's a good player, and he's shown it. He's a competitive guy, and yeah. If the Vikings do turn this trade with the Jets into a franchise quarterback and two tackles, then, then that's the Jets are just else. cursed, are they? Yes, but, yeah. but that's fine. Um, if I was to quickly run through some, for me, as I said, I've said, Walker Little to the Jags may be the most underrated player is a, a five-star recruit who injured his knee two games into his college career and because of COVID hasn't got back on the field. Um, no one really knows, but it could be great. He's an absolute animal. And he's very clever because it's Stanford. Um, I also liked uh, Landon Dickerson to Alabama. Uh, Landon, he's favorite he's, of the around the NFL podcast. He's a crazy person. He's going to be lining <laughs> up at guard beside Kelsey for a season. So we'll um, we'll see how that goes. Um, if I jump in to the the third round, there was a couple of guys that I, I quite liked. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big fan of Hunter Long um, at Boston oh, yeah. College. He seems to to make plays and, and create production. That's what, to be honest, though, there was so much value in the fourth round just from, I think, players not playing and and the way it's fallen, like Michael Carter to the Jets. Yeah, yep, like that. It's going to be very similar to um, 
Miles Sanders being behind mm-hmm. Saquon. We don't really know. Um, don't know if he's going to be any good, but shout out to Aman Ra St. Brown, Ekpermenius' <laughs> little brother. And a former Egyptian god, I believe, <laughs> yeah. of the sun. The reincarnation, uh... <laughs> yep. Um, all coming through. And yeah, there's just some, some great value. Uh, Chubber Hubbard is a good running back that's gone in the fourth round. Um, Jabril Cox is a linebacker. Yeah, good value there to Dallas. Yeah, yeah. linebacker, DBU. Yeah. Um, And I guess that's that doubling up because you don't know if um, Jalen Smith for that's going to be any good. Indeed. I've got got two that I just want to like get out there real quick. It's not necessarily, well, one of these is not necessarily a great pick, but it's an interesting one. The Texans used their first pick in this draft in the third round, that is, Mm on uh, Davis Mills, quarterback from Stanford, who is a turnover waiting to happen. But maybe, have, maybe he's got the traits. And might have to start. He might have to start if Deshaun Watson isn't going to be around for whatever reason. So that'll be an interesting one. Uh, also, really like the pick of Trey Sermon going to the 49ers. So I think he could be really dangerous in that offense. And I think he'll be a sneaky mid-round uh, fantasy pick in a lot of leagues this year. Yeah, and another one for me, um, really quickly is uh, Rion, Ramondre Stevenson. I Oklahoma. said that one to you earlier as well. Yeah, yeah, going to <laughs> New England. That just seems like it's got Belichick over it, and he's going to run for a thousand yards. And everyone's going to be like, "Oh, I should have got him in my fantasy team." He weighs like two hundred and forty pounds and six foot one or whatever. So the guy's a bowling ball. It's going to be another um, blunt. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, Garrett Garrett Blunt or uh, um, Michael Bush or other comparisons we were getting, I think. But um, yeah, we'll see how that all pans out. Anyway, that was uh, that was a a nice mammoth one for us there, Darren. Uh, One hour was twenty five. Did you have anything else you'd like to add, or we just? I'm just gonna say that having the vaccinated fans there in the NFL being a bit more appropriate with how they're handling things. Mm Mm-hmm. It was just that first round was just great television. It was mm-hmm. just such a good time. And it makes me excited that if they can get to a more higher level percentage of vaccinations and her immunity, we might have a really good season next year and yeah. it might be we might be coming back to normal. Yeah. And it was, it was that that Browns pick, that second round Browns oh, pick man. with Loved it. Randy like with Macho Man Savage, his like impersonator, and then the football, Cream of the, crop. the football coach that everyone in the crowd from Cleveland seemed to know, like yeah, he was a local reason. celebrity. And then Goodell had to wait ten minutes while they all <laughs> booed Franco Harris off the stage and started running around celebrating. <laughs> and it was just standing there, you know. Your Machine Gun Kelly was popped to announce a pick for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then just didn't. He just said, the "Browns are going to win the Super Bowl in 2022." And left. <laughs> oh, great television. Yeah, so I, I, makes me excited to have a product that was that entertaining. Does give me hope for the next season. Mm-hmm. And and you know me, I was very negative on you were the college football and the NFL even taking place. But you know, we're here now. We're here now, and it seems to be all looking up. So I'm yeah. pretty excited. Also got to uh, you know um, show some uh, some interesting. Uh, live act as well. A, a little known band called Kings of Leon performed uh, before Over the time. game as well. Yeah, quite a lot as well. Get off the bloody stage <laughs> and just get Trevor Lawrence the Jag so we can get this thing started, please. Yeah, I like how they took the full seven minutes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, that was the first round. We will surely be back over the next little while and recap a few other 
interesting points about this draft. Maybe give some some grades, uh, whether it's going to be on the actual draft as a as a whole, or we just look at the off seasons that have happened so far. There's still a lot more to come before the season begins. But um, yeah, if there's if that's all there is, Darren, anything else to add? No. Okay. Well, in that case, thank you all very much for joining us. And um, now to finish up, this is an ode to Aaron by Joby Burns. Last night, I dreamt I held you, the man with the golden arm and the fromage bonts. Beloved by the cold town, but not by your manly mother, from whose teat you suckle, Mama Gutekunst, he gives you no quarter. Leave them, I say, break your frozen shackles and come to me. On a steel bronco you will ride, through the Rockies, seventy-yard rainbows of leather will fill mile high. Torment those scheming coordinators with your cat-nimble feet, saber-sharp brain, and laser-beam focus. Come to me, Aaron, to the love and victory you deserve. Joby Burns. So he's either an NFL quarterback or one of the horsemen of the apocalypse, but that's absolutely fine. Hey, he could be the, the the fifth horseman of the apocalypse of the rest of the NFL if he comes to Denver. Uh, just, just make it happen, Aaron. Come to us. Thank you very much for joining us, guys. See you next time. Yeah.